The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the Eat This podcast and are for the purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. Let's see where this goes. I'll just keep playing with my meatballs. <laughs> Fabulous start. Or it's just cheesy meatballs. Cheesy meatballs. My salty balls. <laughs> okay, now. How the hell I supposed to speak now? <laughs> <laughs> and he's in the bathroom <laughs> getting my ab workout in because i didn't get to work out <laughs> oh it's brilliant for a special isolation edition of Eat This with Leanne. Here's Leanne Philipson. Obese, overweight, corpulent, pudgy, fat, heavy, plump, stout, well-padded, paunchy, beefy, pear-shaped or heavy hips, apple-shaped or rotund, <laughs> beer, belly, thunder thighs, big butt, Thick waist, and now the quarantine 15 are all terms for carrying excess weight that could mean you're not feeling so great about yourself when you step on the scale or put on anything other than your stretchy non-waisted button leisure wear. Because that's, I think, what a lot of people have been wearing over the past month in isolation. <laughs> I thought you were. I thought it was some new movie about the seven dwarfs, pudgy, fatso. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness we're talking about <laughs> weight. Wow, D Disney's getting bold. <laughs> All right, Chris, you stick to eating your meatballs in, the, in <laughs> your cheesy meatballs there. Because for anyone who could actually see what's going on right now, you would be in fits of hysterics as I am. <laughs> Nobody because understands what you're talking about right now. That at the moment I have a fork with a half-eaten cheesy meatball on it. Because this is the Eat This podcast, and I will eat during it. I don't care what you say. Exactly. <laughs> and I totally agree. It's just the laughter in the background of trying to say that whole list of 10 dwarfs, or how many did I get through? 20 <laughs> dwarfs or ways of saying that you're overweight or mm. calling it overweight. Excuse me? Oh, my goodness. It's a perfect way to start such a touchy subject. So thank you. If I had a dollar for every time I've heard someone say, I know I need to lose weight, but I might be, I don't know, like a millionaire or maybe a thousandaire or something like that. It's hormones, says the women with the PMS or who maybe is in some sort of perimenopausal state. My medication is to blame, says Mr. on the who's on the meds after a heart attack. It's genetics, they all say, swiftly followed by my great aunt Bessie, who was overweight her whole life, and no matter what she did, she couldn't lose weight. There are many possible reasons why anyone is carrying more weight than is ideal, but why on earth could that be? Is anyone really a 24-7 cookie monster? Or could that life-saving medication truthfully and really cause that extra 20 to 40 pounds that made you need a new wardrobe of clothes? Well, this topic is one that can go down about a thousand rabbit holes. I'm just going to focus on a few. 
So today on Eat This with Leanne, what I believe is really at the root of excess weight and the million dollar question, what can you do about it? A medical paper hit the newswire this past week, so I got to talk on radio and TV about some new medical guidelines on how doctors are going to treat and deal with obesity and the three ways that they're going to tackle it. I get it. Doctors who have excellent training on saving our lives and dealing with our health issues, but they don't actually get the nutrition and dietary training needed to handle many issues, especially obesity or just sort of general being overweight. So these recommendations are much needed. An article that I commented on said that they were going to get to the root cause of obesity cue the cartwheels and big hurrahs. And the ways that they're going to do that is CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy. They're going to get into using some weight loss medication, which sidebar, I can't really imagine what that could honestly be. Or number three is bariatric surgery, aka a gastric band, gastric bypass, or a sleeve gastroctomy. Wow. I could have said I could have said that wrong. That's actually that's actually where most of the stomach is surgically removed, leaving a banana size vertical sleeve in its place. Holy invasive. Time will tell if these trickle down to your doctor's office. And in the meantime, what's a person to do? Of course, there's WW, as it's now known, aka Weight Watchers, about a million other diets and way through fasting, deprivation, cutting calories, cutting carbs, or cutting fat, or even adding it all back in again. The revolving door of diets continue as we search for the next quick fix and that holy grail that'll take you to the bod you want and, of course, the life to match. Isn't that what it's all about? Being happier when you're next in line to be a swimsuit model or you have the six pack of abs for the sexiest men alive calendar. (laughs) Whatever your goal and reason why, we have to dig deep for the root cause of why your body is how it is how you got there, and then move forward. If your shoulders just dropped because, ugh, that sounds like work, Leanne, and you just want to get to it, just give me the magic bullet. Let me figure this out. Well, actually not figure it. Let me just do. Well, over the 20 years of working with clients, we always have to go back a bit first in order to move forwards. So stay with me. People try to pretend like the brain is so complicated, but I feel better already. The key areas that I see that contribute to excess weight fall under the umbrellas of, or umbrella of emotional, hormonal, physical, and genetic factors. Oh, and of course, diet. I almost left it out because, you know, you're listening to this. It's a bit of a given, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let me break these down so that uh, you know, and also please know that each of these could be their own episode in their own right and also might just be in the future, depending on what feedback you guys give me. So first up, emotions. I'm sorry for getting so emotional. Dealing with your emotions, trying to numb or override them using food, rather than working through whatever the emotion, the hurt, the anger, the pain, (laughs) the rejection. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm out of meatballs. (laughs) Oh, Chris, I'm so sorry. Your plate's rejecting you, Chris. I can't handle the emotional pain. See? See? 
that's what we're talking about. But even more seriously, people who have a history of abuse, then that's they try and cover it up a lot of the time with food. Then there's also the self-loathing, the low self-esteem and the shame that you can feel by carrying excess weight. It happens to all of us. Wow. Now, see, now I feel like a, a real idiot because here I am making fun of it and you go immediately to abuse. Thanks a lot. Now I yep. look like a real, I, I won't use the word because I'm a gentleman. Yes. <laughs> but I understand and I know exactly where you're coming from. I have, uh, I, I can think of at least two friends that deal with the exact thing you just talked about. And there is very often a huge disconnect in understanding that. And, and I don't say this lightly and I don't say this without compassion because I can't even imagine living through any of that. However, I do know that that has a lot to do with carrying around excess weight. Thank you for saying that, Chris, because I think that just brings it down to a level where people understand that, yeah, this is, this is real life. This piece is one of the biggest ones that I see because food, well, it can offer such pleasure. And in the void of that feeling good, it's an easier quick fix to use in an attempt to fill that void of happiness that you're missing out on. It's an outside source of momentary joy, even with Chris's meatballs. <laughs> and it can, get, can give some ease to life, including that low self-esteem and provide a distraction from that negative self-talk that we all have going on, even if it's only for a little while. And until that connection, until that's understood, and the awareness is there that emotional eating is an attempt at filling an emotional void with food, the pattern often continues with the yo-yo of weight off and then back on again. So I'll say this, the momentary lift, the momentary ease that you get, that exhale that you get from moving away from how you're feeling, that dark or uncomfortable place that you want to escape with your next mouthful, Sadly, it does not last. It's temporary, it's short-lived, and it doesn't deal with the underlying emotion that's trying to be covered up. So the sooner we can wake up to that, the more this root cause can get the attention that it needs. Oh, and believe me when I say that I wish food that could fix it all too. I have a plan that will fix everything. All right, next up, there's hormones. These are messengers that control so much of what's going on in our bodies. You've heard of estrogen and testosterone, right? They're pretty normal ones that we talk about a lot. Well, they need to be in balance in both men and women. Adrenaline and cortisol, well, we've probably heard of those as our stress hormones. Then there's insulin, and that takes glucose from your food and puts it into storage called fat cells. That's just a few of the hormones that we have circulating in our bodies. There's so many more. Oh, and further to that, we also have a symphony of the hormonal glands like your thyroid and your adrenals and your hypothalamus that need to be in tune with each other, but oh, so easily they can be totally off. Metabolic syndrome comes in here too with a situation called insulin resistance when buckets of insulin are needed to do the job and your pancreas, which makes insulin, just gets really tired and can't keep up anymore. One stress hormone, which is called cortisol, causes belly fat when it's high. 
high cortisol, well, that's linked to depression, to anxiety, sleep disruption, and just simply feeling dissatisfied and generally overwhelmed. It's linked to a loss of memory, muscle mass, libido, and bone density. Feeling stressed or eating too many carbs and too much sugar, that emotional eating, those blood sugar highs and lows also cause abdominal fat, even in people who are otherwise thin. So I'm sure there's a bunch of you that can relate because even if you do feel like you're slim enough, there's still sometimes there's always a little bit of that abdominal fat hanging around. High cortisol is almost like an avalanche to our bodies because it causes a drop in one of the hormones called growth hormone. It's linked to low testosterone in men. It inhibits the function of our thyroid hormone, which is the master of all of our metabolism. And worst of all, it's proven to make us hungry for high fat, high carb comfort foods that perpetuate this belly fat even after you're full. If it were feasible, my diet would consist entirely of flavorless beige smoothies containing all the nutrients required by the human animal. <sighs> yeah. So <laughs> you will know it's like cortisol. Jeez. Come on, dude, like just get in check and then we'll be okay. Wouldn't it be great if it was that easy? Oh, none of that sounded easy at all. There's a lot no. of, there's a lot of words I'm still looking up on Google. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll circle back. Don't panic. I'll okay. circle back. Okay. Okay. I'm with okay. you. So you're going to know that when you're in this hormonal and metabolic state, because you're like in this constantly hungry state, and also you've got cravings. Now, I think that the menopause and manopause need their own <laughs> episodes. So although I'm not specifically getting into that right now, all I'm saying is that hormones are relevant at any age. And while these situations, typically they hit men and women from around 50-ish plus, we're now finding that really it happens at almost any age. And you know the number is pretty much irrelevant to a lot of these imbalances. Somewhere between her jeans collection and her sock drawer, this is Eat This with Leanne. Okay, moving on to the physical aspect of being overweight. Well, that really mostly comes down to muscle mass. Our muscles play a huge part in our metabolism, which is how fast we burn our calories. Having enough muscle for your frame is vitally important for maintaining your metabolism, the ability to beat the belly fat, to maintain strength and your energy. Movement and exercise is one of the best stress busters. And if I didn't say it before, stress is the number one cause of that high cortisol that I mentioned, and can really improve your cell sensitivity to insulin that counteracts that resistance that I mentioned before, because like diabetes and insulin resistance are tied together. When you think about your muscle mass, you know that that's going to involve some sort of exercise, maybe some lifting weights, having strength to your core, which keeps you upright better, some strength to your legs, your arms, and of course, your most important muscle, your heart. Some exercise will do uh, just some people will do just a little bit of exercise and sometimes people just go completely overboard. Resistance training, whether that's weights or using your body as a weight, as in when you do a plank or some yoga postures, movement and using your muscles is key. 
there's also a really fine balance to exercise because you don't want to go out there and do some serious weight training in the morning and then do a hit class after work because that's almost too much and can really influence that high cortisol once again. So we've got to find the balance to working out and allowing your body to repair afterwards so that you get the right hormones in the right place. Overlapping here is your digestive system and also your liver. Doing uh, what they're doing can both ultimately uh, influence your hormonal balance. There's inflammation that we can talk about. There's IBS and gassiness and so many digestive symptoms that touch on so much of our health and then circle on back to our weight. Inflammation will stop you from movement, won't it? because that doesn't feel so good. You want to go and move, but then you're in pain. So you think, oh, can't do that. Taking medication for health issues or even some pain meds, well, that gives your liver more work. And then your liver gets overloaded and it can't deal with the insulin and that messes up your fat metabolism. Believe me when I say that this is all tied together. And no, it's not always in a straight line, but the domino effect from something like your gut bacteria or your microbiome, how much fiber you eat, the amount of the probiotics that you take, the inflammation that you can have in your body and your gut, anything from like, say, constipation or diarrhea or heartburn, it all ties into things like your liver and how it's functioning. And then that knocks on to what your body does with the food that you eat. And then also what happens with any of the medication that you take too. Now, sometimes it's really important that you take your medication in many, many cases. So I'm not saying come off of that, but again, a little bit like what we talked about with alcohol last week, understanding what happens is part of what I believe is the power in figuring these things out. This is a lot of information. Okay, so let's move on to genetics. They can be a great scapegoat at times. If you think your state of weight has been passed down to you from your parents and that you're pre-programmed to be how you are, that may not exactly be your scapegoat. Really, it's thought that about 25% of your genetic makeup is hardwired and the rest is epigenetics and environmental factors, including your choices. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Quick, quick sidebar here before I know Chris is about to ask me. (laughs) There is an episode on genetics and epigenetics that's in the works. Okay. So just hang tight in order to understand that because truthfully that's its own whole episode well, i maybe, promise maybe maybe i should hold maybe i won't say anything then because i'll just wait for the episode to come out the only thing that worries me is that I, you just basically told me that i'm in charge of 75 percent of my own body uh and yep. that if genetics is only taking up 25 percent, then i'm the master of 75 percent, and that worries me some because i i'm the master of nothing <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of hoping that, you know, the nature versus nurture thing, that nature yep. was going to take care of all of it for me. Yep. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Well, no, no, it's much more to do with us. It's much more to do with our choices. <sighs> and sorry to say that. However, <laughs> this is why you're here. This is why you're listening, because exactly. you want to figure out how to do this. There's a lot to figure out. And the nice thing is, and and we haven't known each other a long time, only a few years. Um, but you know, it, it, hearing you talk about it is like, wow, that's a lot of information. Those are a lot of roads to travel down to kind of figure this out. But when you've got somebody like you around who, I don't know how to describe it. 
it's like you just, you come at, because of your knowledge and your experience, you come at it from a different perspective. So to me, it looks like a tangled web of catastrophe. But to it you, is. you're connecting the dots, almost like going through that maze that's on the back of the kids menu at a Swiss LA. You know, you see it and can <laughs> automatically go, well, if we just go this way, you'll get to your goal. And once we, you can figure out how to get to your goal, then life becomes more rhythmic and a little more simple. And suddenly the complication is eliminated and you feel better. That's the basic thing here is that we're just trying to get to a point where you feel better. That's exactly it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) No, thank you. (laughs) That that truthfully is my goal because I do think that knowledge is power, but sometimes that understanding, it's just too much to get it put in a straight line. It's so difficult. That's why my my cortisol levels are up because of that stress. But thankfully, (laughs) you're figuring it out so that my cortisol levels stay at a nice balanced place exactly exactly (laughs) and i'm gonna circle back to your cheesy meatballs because that's the perfect thing to deal with cortisol okay yeah so you're already on the right track here chris you just didn't know that so we're gonna share that and i love it too okay all right thank you for saying that i so appreciate it and i hope that that comes across to all listeners too because i truthfully i feel like that is is my life's work is to take the big things and then just make them like edible almost in some small way. So thank you. I have a plan that will fix everything. According to Harvard Health Publishing, on a very simple level, your weight depends on the number of calories that you consume, how many of them that you store, and then how many you burn up. But each of these factors is influenced by a combination of genes and environment. Both can affect how fast you burn your calories, for instance, as well as the types of foods that you choose to eat. The interplay between all these factors begins at the moment of your conception and continues throughout the whole of your life. If you can believe it, 400 different genes have been implicated in the causes of overweight or obesity, and although only a handful appear to be the major players. Genes contribute to the causes of obesity in many ways by affecting your appetite, your sense of fullness, your metabolism, your food cravings, your body fat distribution, so how you carry your weight, and the tendency to use eating as a way to cope with stress. Right? A lot there. There's a lot there. That's a lot. Yep. So there is a lot to do with genetics. And that 25% can be really powerful in a lot of people. So last but not least, let's talk a little bit about diet. You've heard of me say this so many times, but that process, that fast and packaged food that seems to make life much easier really is messing up more than anyone would like to admit. As Harvard explained, the balance of calories in and out is one thing, but it's also about where do those calories come from? It doesn't get any sexier than eating whole foods, some proteins, some good fats, and high fiber whole grains. You know that there are many adaptations of this from the high fat keto diet that have saved people from their overweight state. Then on the flip side, there's also the vegan plant-based movement, which I believe acts as a big 
fat cleanse for a period of time for people, um, but really isn't any more sustainable than keto. I believe that the ultimate and healthiest diet is based on the Mediterranean diet of eating many plants, some fish, some lean protein, some fiber, some oils, some nuts and seeds. Sounds a bit boring, maybe, does it? Sure, at times it can be, but like, what's the trade-off? How do you feel as you are, as you're sitting there listening to this? And how is what you're doing right now not working for you? I think on many levels, maybe it's not. Okay, so there was a lot to unpack there in a short period of time and do take your time to digest it all. You may need to listen to that a few times, but there was likely something in there that triggered a little, ooh, I think that sounds like me with something that I just shared. So to get into the juicy bit of what on earth are you going to do about all this with everything that I just said, I know that you want answers and, you know, I would love just a straight line too, but it's not necessarily that easy. Going through the four aspects of what I look at when it comes to weight loss, weight balance, and maintaining a good feeling of healthy weight, honestly, I believe starts here. So that you're not left hanging, your to-dos will include the following, no matter where you are at right now. And please know that I do work individually with clients to get them to the root cause and make specific suggestions in priority. Right now, I'm going to be fairly general, so you have a few things to focus on, because after doing this for many, many years, giving clients more than one or two things to focus on at a time, you know what? It just does not give them results. Mastering one thing at a time and then moving on, it's truly the only way. And a quick reminder to head back to episode 28 to hear more about intuitive eating if you also want a new way of eating to follow. It was truly an eye-opening episode for me and so many others. And I'm still wrapping my head around it, to be honest. Okay, so number one on your to-do list is to first drink more water. Seriously, stop. You are killing me. I know. I know. Go ahead. Give me those hundred reasons. Why not? And I'm still going to tell you to do it. So just go and get a glass of water and get it down, yeah? And then repeat. Drink one liter for every five pounds of your weight. Sorry, every 50 pounds of your weight. Ooh. Oh my gosh, can you can you Ooh. imagine if it was five pounds? Excuse me while I go and consume a bathtub of distilled water. <laughs> or even Lake Ontario. I'm glad you say distilled water because distilled water is actually not the best water to drink. Oh no, really? Yeah, do you guys drink distilled? Well, the, the only reason, I, I use distilled water in all of my things. So my coffee maker... My okay. uh, my tea kettle, that kind of thing, because it, th therefore there's no remnants after the water boils. Right. So okay. it, it does. It, so that's why I use distilled water. And every once in a while, instead of the water out of the fridge, I I pour myself a glass of distilled. OK. OK. So my favorite is actually reverse osmosis because we still have a little bit more in there. Distilled really takes pretty much everything out of right. it. And we do we do actually need some minerals. So I think it's possible that you're doing the best case scenario. So if you're using it in the kettle and then you're adding something to it as opposed to just drinking the glass of now, I'm not saying that tap water is like my go to. Please put it through some sort of filter. So if you've got it coming out of your, your fridge, then you know that you've got some sort of carbon filter in there anyway. 
way, mm-hmm. but probably something like what you're doing and putting it in the kettle, making coffee or, or tea or some sort of drink like that with it. That's your best. That's probably your best trade-off okay. um, there. So I'm going to say again, to drink one liter of water for every 50, 50 pounds of your weight and if you're drinking pop or some fancy coffee or other sugar laden drinks either stop it or just drink more water to compensate yeah and it doesn't count like you can't have a glass of pop and say well that's my eight ounces of water right there because it's made of water exactly it does not and even full strength juice actually i should mention that too because people think oh yeah i have my my orange juice my my glass of orange juice every morning for my vitamin c it's not the same it's too concentrated if you do half juice and half water much much better okay so next let's look at your breakfast Is it like a carb-rich bowl of cereal? Because, you know, that's just what we do around here. Or maybe it's a piece of toast or you have a favorite bagel or something like that. I want you to swap those carbs for protein. And as Chris was just doing, if cheesy meatballs happen to be your breakfast, (laughs) you're helping your cortisol levels. Oh, gosh. My doctor would be, just imagine what he'd say if he says, how's the, how's the meal planning going? Well, I'm having cheesy meatballs for breakfast. <laughs> totally fine. Now, this actually, case in point here, is focusing on one thing at a time, okay? Because you could go down the rabbit hole of, ah, meatballs. Okay, that was made with beef, which is high in fat. Then the cheese is actually also high in fat in there. And then you just think, now I don't know what to do. And now I don't know what, what, what to, what to eat. So it's focusing on one thing at a time. So in the case of what do you have for breakfast, if you can stick to a high protein breakfast, it actually increases your thyroid, AKA your metabolism hormones and sets your feel good dopamine hit with levels for the day, which means that you'll enjoy better appetite control. You'll be craving free while avoiding that mid-afternoon slump. Now, anybody that deals with that mid-afternoon slump, if you were told to go and eat cheesy meatballs, if that's your thing, maybe it's not, (laughs) then you'd probably say, I can do that. That's totally fine. (laughs) So in the case of taking this on as an experiment and trying it out, sure, ditch the bread, the cereal, the bagels. No, they're not in the meal plan anymore but try out something like Chris's cheesy meatballs. And truthfully, I'm not saying go eat the meatballs, but I'm using that as an example because a lot of people wouldn't think of having meatballs for breakfast, but you know, why not? The first few days as you switch over to having more protein at breakfast, which is really what I'm talking about here, it could be a little bit challenging, but I promise over time, it'll become second nature after that. So proteins further to meatballs can be eggs, cottage cheese, Greek yogurt, fish, chicken, you can do some tofu for a plant-based one, nuts and seeds, and of course, nut butters like almond butter. Well, they all work here. And I've also on, if you go head over to sproutright.com forward slash breakfast, that will take you to a place where you can give us your email and we will email you a download about some make ahead breakfasts. And then depending on what they are, you need to add in some more protein. Some of those recipes have got some grains in it. So for instance, the granola, you could maybe use that, top the cottage cheese, if you like, or top your Greek yogurt, just in smaller quantities. And if you think, oh my God, I can't live without my bread, you you can't take that away from me, then maybe make the overnight French toast or the blender pancakes as you transition into 
getting into much more protein. I truthfully, it will really, really help. Okay, and the third thing is to keep a food diary of what you eat and drink and also add in some of the timing. It honestly is the most telling thing that shows you what you're eating and when, because let's face it, most other eating other than maybe meals is pretty mindless and you don't really pay attention to it. It kind of just happens. And then all of a sudden you think, huh, I just ate half a bag of chips and I didn't even know about it. I don't know that I was really hungry. And huh, I don't know, like, what happened? What happened? So that's it. So that's, that's my whole diet. I just black out and start eating. It's, <laughs> it's true. Not, it's, it's not my fault. Happens. I blacked out. Okay. Well, they're not my fault, please. Not, not my fault bit. Well, that's a little bit different. But as soon as you, ha- as soon as you start writing it down, right. you're going to see where you're going completely off piste. Absolutely. It's going to tell a story of your day. It's going to tell you a story of your eating patterns. Are you someone that that eats late at night because you're not eating protein in the morning? Are you getting that mid-afternoon drop when you just have to head on over to, let's say, like what I've been eating, which is my lovely shortbread along with a cup of tea in the afternoon? I tell you, going to those markets, what we talked about last week, I found one of the uh, one of the vendors there that has the most killer shortbread and the butter, the amount of fat that's in there, I know just makes the paper bag that he puts it in. Like by the time I get home, it's completely saturated. (laughs) Yes. But but for and oh, it's so good. And I have been known to bring home a croissant or two when it's a French patisserie bakery. Uh, It's yeah, I find that one really hard. But you know what? This is a phase and a stage and I'm not beating myself up about it. I know that I'll come to a point where I'll be like, no, I don't need that anymore. And I'm totally fine. And also, if I were to write down what I was eating and I consistently saw that happening, mindlessly happening, then that would be a bit of a, oh, okay, I think I'm going to do something a little bit different because this is happening and that's happening and I'm not actually feeling that great. The point of that is, is that outside of the food diary, then you can maybe have a look back at it after a few days and see also what was an emotional choice. How are you feeling at that moment when you chose to eat whatever it is? And then you can choose differently next time. This is also where I start working with a client. I always ask for a food diary. Most of the time I get a, and I have to tell everyone there is no judgment around this. If you're a person who's hitting up every drive through possible, then no, I'm not going to say go and eat kale and quinoa, which I don't really tend to say anyway, because it's too much of a jump to get somewhere. So when you're writing down your food diary, just see where else could I have put maybe another vegetable? Where else could I have grabbed something like an apple instead of something out of a package? You know, taking my my situation in the afternoon when I think, oh, I like that shortbread. Well, what if I just went and grabbed like a banana and got out some almond butter? It would make a massive difference. So the first thing to do in order to start adjusting your habits is to know what you're doing first. Moving on to supplements. If there was one supplement that I would recommend, then it would be to take a probiotic. Your gut needs this good bacteria to support your health and your weight. So many studies have come out about your gut flora having so much to do with obesity and being overweight. So if you want to start there, also head over to SproutRight.com and check out and order the Take This by Leanne Bio Boost. That is my own probiotic uh, within my supplement range. (laughs) 
So this episode, it's like it's truly scratching the surface of such a complex situation that is, yeah, kind of mind blowing for so many. So if I haven't talked about what you're living, please know that I see you and also that there are layers to this and quite possibly a lot more going on. To round this up in a nice, neat and tidy parcel, well, I'm sorry, I can't quite do that. Aspects of your emotions, how you feel, how you feel about yourself and in your life, I see as the biggest factor to becoming overweight and doing something different and turning it around. Then there's also the hormones that can play a beautiful symphony orchestra of a Bach concerto played perfectly, but they can also be a storm <laughs> that show, like including that high cortisol that impacts the stunning symphony orchestra, like some toddler learning to play an electric guitar with his feet. Our muscle mass needs to be in check. So yes, that means resistance training of some kind. Even if you get out for a walk and do like five squats on your way around, done. Understanding that genetics are part of the puzzle that could need a little bit more digging to uncover this aspect. Well, that's something that we're gonna talk about in the near future. Now, I hope that you know that you can reach out for help. Even though I've just told you all of these things that as Chris said, just looks like a big, a big mess, then it's not easy to figure this out. And truthfully, I often need help and need people like Dr. B, Dr. Davis Brockenshire, he helps me out in figuring out what I need to do next because I, just as much as everybody else, get really stuck on all this stuff and I'm very often not sure what next mouthful to take or what next step to take. So please head over to either leannephillipson.com or spartright.com because I've got lots of information there that you can check out about working together. And I answer all my emails, I answer all my messages, so don't sit there and think, I'll do it later, or I'll do it tomorrow. Honestly, change happens when you decide to do something different, and getting to the root cause can sometimes cause you to freeze if you're embarking on this on your own. So reach out, if not to me, find someone else. And if you think that, nope, I got this, I'm gonna go it alone, I'm gonna start with the things that Leanne suggested here, I'm gonna up my water, I'm gonna have a lot more protein at breakfast, all right, you go do that, all the power to you. But please keep in mind, as I always say, to eat this one mouthful at a time. <laughs>